Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you're all having an absolutely fantastic, blessed day today, and I hope you guys continue to stay strong and keep up the faith with what's going on and push forward. I know we had some customers come by, some listeners, great customers, great people. I had the Jones family from Zephyr Hills, Florida come down yesterday, and uh, they were great. They hung out for a little bit, and they've known Ted for years, and basically have listened to the show, and great people standing up for everything. And we had a, another family come in, the Myers family. The husband and wife came in from Illinois, and uh, they came by and visited and got some product, and we talked for a little bit, and they have a farm up in Illinois. And uh, it, it was good to – it's always good to be around people that are like-minded, and it's good to be around people that support the cause and continue to just help us out as well as we continue to get the truth out there. And we do the show every single day trying to wake people up because – there's no question about it. As everybody knows, this stuff is starting to escalate further and further and further and further as far as the more that they're going to push this. If you guys have seen now up in Canada, Prime Minister Trudeau, as desperate as he can get last night, just invoked the Emergency Powers Act in Canada, which hasn't been invoked since, like I think, 1980 or something when I last looked it up. And what it is is it's pretty much a temporary measure that gives the government unlimited power to suspend civil rights. It's essentially martial law. It's, it's, it's a fancy, nice Canadian way of saying martial law. I mean, they can come and restrict travel, enter and seize property. I actually pulled up the order and regulations in Canada from the Emergency Powers Act, and it says, while a declaration of public welfare emergency is in effect, the governor and council may make such orders or regulations with respect to the following matters as reasonable grounds are necessary to deal with the current emergency. The regulation and prohibition of travel to, from, within areas where necessary for the protection of health and safety of individuals occurs by the evacuation of persons and removal of personal property from any specified area and the making of arrangements for the adequate care and protection of persons and property, the requisition use or disposition of any property, the authorization of or direction to any person or any person of class of persons to render essential services of a type that a person or person of that class is competent to provide and the provision of reasonable compensation and respect of services are so rendered. The regulation of distribution and availability of all essential goods, services, and resources, and this thing goes on. If you guys just follow what I said, what they basically just said is they can come in and seize anything they want. They can take anything they want, and they can tell anybody they have to do what they want as long as reasonable accommodations or reasonable pay is essentially made. This is, um, this is pretty disturbing. And, I mean, think about this for a second. As we saw, all kinds of stuff happened last year where you had some people that got sick. Some people basically didn't get sick. A lot of people basically knew that the whole thing was a total farce with COVID as far as what they were pushing the narrative, not that people weren't getting sick and some people weren't dying, but the level of power and restrictions that the government in Canada imposed was outrageous. Now, because some truckers have essentially come in and said, we're not going to get mandated injections and we're not going to get emergency use injections that are experimental. We're going to hold everything up. They've essentially declared a underlying martial law in Canada. So, this is going to be an interesting thing to watch. And what's ironic about it, if you've noticed, the media is not talking about anything in Canada. 
It's Ukraine, 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 Ukraine. Everything's Ukraine right now. It's funny. I just got off the phone with a guy that basically does defense contract work, and he's he's real big into vehicles and stuff. So I know him. So I've been talking about some stuff, and he's discussing bringing uh, more private contractors over to Ukraine, as far as because they're evacuating some individuals across the border. And I asked him. I said, "Well, is it is it getting hot in Ukraine?" He said. No, not really. He said the media is massively overblowing everything over there. He said, but if they give us a contract, I'm not going to say no. He's like, because quite frankly, it's money to us. He said they're using primarily private military and contractors in Ukraine right now. He said they're not going to use a massive amount of U.S. forces if they send something over there. He said almost everything's being privatized by the U.S. military now. He said the vast majority of areas that we're still in is all contract work. He said when Biden got into office – they were all afraid that essentially the contract work was going to dry up. And he said what's ironic about it is when Biden got into office, the private contract work exploded two and three hundred percent. He said because they're not using the troops much anymore. He said we still have significant amount of contractors in Afghanistan. He said we're not out of Afghanistan. He said just the U.S. military appears to be out of Afghanistan from what the media tells us. He said we're still over there. He said contractors are everywhere now. He said the private military sector is what's running the military essentially across the world. And I went, wow. I said, I knew that. I said, I just didn't, you know, it's interesting to hear it from somebody that's directly involved in it. And as we're seeing this happen now, we're not hearing anything about what's happened in Canada. So be very aware. If stuff starts to escalate in Canada, it's more than likely they're going to use obfuscation with other instances that occur either here in the United States or in Ukraine to try to obfuscate what's really going on up there because this is a big deal. Trudeau basically signed an Emergency Powers Act because some truckers have shut down the road for a couple weeks. is a very, very serious deal. I mean that would be akin to Biden basically declaring martial law in the United States because truckers have shut down the roads for a couple weeks. I mean, that's that's the extent and level that they're at. Now, it's interesting as well to change gears slightly. And I told you guys I was going to bring this up yesterday because I wanted to dig into it more. Remember, I said the FDA came in yesterday and they essentially said they're going to be halting the t- trials and approval, emergency approval of the Pfizer RNA experimental injection on six month old to four year olds. As we've said before, there's people all over the world that have been dying grown adults that have been dying from the shot myocarditis horrific deaths well fda went and halted it yesterday what's ironic about this is scott gutley did an interview yesterday to explain why the fda decided to delay the covid19 shot for ages six months to four-year-olds he was not interviewed as a guest on cnbc he was interviewed as a cnbc contributor which means he's also working for the corporate media as he's also on the board of directors of Pfizer. And also he just got off as the FDA commissioner April 5th, 2019. So you can see how the conflict of interest continues to run around in a circle with this Gutlieb individual. So he talked about how if you look at the government statistics regarding the COVID-19, he said essentially there has not been a high enough amount of children who are sick with COVID-19 to be able to complete the studies. Now, that's true on one aspect because, as we said before, there's only been a couple hundred children that have died from COVID, allegedly, according to the CDC, and most of those, from what I've read, were like drowning while sick with COVID, or they had a temperature and basically bonked their head and had a concussion and having, you know, like a stroke and died, you know, or aneurysm and died. There's been incidences like that. But I've, very, I've found very few incidents that I could ever find of a young child, very healthy, dying directly from COVID over the last two years. 
Well, it's interesting now. They went on to say here that the FDA's plan to fast-track the COVID vaccine for children under five was delayed because of the low numbers of cases overall in the clinical trial. More kids are not getting symptomatic COVID, he said. One case in one direction and another can tip the perception of the vaccine's overall effectiveness. The FDA wants to take the time for this data to effectively settle in. This point's probably going to be after they've administered the third dose and have the data for the third dose. At that point, we'll be able to get more of a fixed perception of the vaccine's overall effectiveness in the younger group. Are you kidding me? So what they're saying is here, in my opinion, what they're saying in between the lines, if you read this, is there are some serious problems with this shot ages six months to five years old. There's some serious problems with it. And they're trying to figure out how to skew and manipulate the data to make it appear that this shot is actually something that these young children need when in turn it is absolutely nothing that anybody needs because it's RNA gene therapy and they're trying to go in now and cover their butts so to speak after Fauci got on television three weeks ago and said the FDA is going to be approving the shot for six-month-old to four-year-olds within the next coming weeks by February. He said that in January. So now what they're trying to do is they're trying to basically cover their butt and make everybody think, oh, we need to make sure the data is very accurate and the clinical trials are very exact, when in reality, I don't think at all that's what they're doing. They're trying to figure out how to manipulate and twist the data to make it appear it's effective and completely safe for these young children, when in turn, just looking at teenagers and adults that have gotten the shot, and the CDC's own VAERS reporting system clearly shows it is not safe at all under any circumstances and should never be used with the amount of people that have died and have been severely injured. I mean, we're talking millions upon millions of people across the world now by the European database and the U.S. database had had severe adverse events from this injection, but yet the media is dead silent and still continues to say it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated, which we all know was a complete and total lie from the very beginning. So I told you guys I was going to do some more research on that. I wanted to get it out there as soon as I found out and I saw that interview with him. So realize they have something else up their sleeves and they've decided they're going to hold off a couple months so they can manipulate the data. All the while, Canada is basically going into martial law and the Canadian truckers, essentially, from what I'm reading here, they said that the fines imposed by the Emergency Powers Act, if you do not comply, can be up to a $5,000 fine and five years in prison. So it appears they're trying to set up their own January 6th controlled incident up there, and they can use an excuse now to incarcerate any individuals that are dissenting against the all-powerful Canadian government. This is going to turn out very interesting. I encourage people to stand their ground on this and continue to hold the line with what we're seeing and keep the truth flowing. Everybody's independent media up there, keep getting the truth out there. Everybody's independent media down here, get the truth out here. And even if you're not in the media and you're just listening to the show, forward the show, forward the articles, please, because we have to make sure people know what's about to occur up there and the truth has to be known. What do you think, Dad? Awesome. Very well said. You know, when Scott Gutley was appointed head of the Food and Drug Administration by Trump, that was when I dropped my support of Trump. I started questioning everything he was doing. Scott Gutley was an absolutely compromised um, <laughs> big pharma, you know, shill is what he is. And, and we need to realize this. And, you know, and this is why I started telling my pastor friends who were supporting Trump back then, something's not right. Something's not okay. 
And then, of course, my pastor friends would say, we're not, you know, we didn't put a, you know, a, you know, a saint in the White House. We put a politician. I'm like, what does that have to do with Gutlieb? <laughs> I just asked, what does that have to do with Gutlieb? Well, he's not a saint. I'm like, why do you keep saying we know he's not a saint? He's an unbelievable womanizer who likes to grab women, you know, by, according to Billy Bush, I'm not going to finish the sentence. And with the problem with all of that is that, you know, they kept making excuses for him. Then he, then he started the red flag gun laws and pushing the gay agenda and on and on and on. And I keep making excuses for him. So finally, the one pastor kept making excuses. I disassociated myself with him. I said, I'm done. I've had enough of it. The guy's a weirdo. You know, just a weirdo. He makes all these stupid excuses for somebody who should be calling out from the pulpit. And he had he had White House, you know, availability in the beginning. He saw Trump at the beginning of the term, and that was the end. The last time he was ever invited back. And then he was basically banned from the White House by several of the other evangelical leaders. They were even more compromised. I mean, never this whole thing is. I, I know so much about this, guys. That I can't talk about because I don't want to name names with all this. But it's just a mess. And, and that's what's going on right now. I mean, Ukraine is just obfuscation. Now they're saying, oh, Trump's, you know, Putin's backing out some tanks. Hey, Trump is not, not doing anything. And, this, and the guy who talked to Austin about what's going on with the military contractors in Afghanistan and Ukraine, that's 100 percent true. I told you guys they're not going to pull out of Afghanistan. they got to guard the poppy fields. You know, fentanyl hasn't taken over the world yet. People still want their heroin. And so they've got to continue to grow the poppy. It's just that they want to get the American military presence out of that so they wouldn't have any – they wouldn't be answerable to Congress. And now the, these these black operations are being funded through the Exchange Stability Fund, through black operations through Congress that they don't even know – the congressional leaders don't even know this is going on. It's, it's just insanity what's happening because that money is funneled through the international banks, through these Exchange Stability Fund, and paid back out into the black ops programs. We've gone into detail about this on the Exchange Stability Fund that was created in 1933 when Roosevelt seized all the gold, and Roosevelt was a hardcore communist. People don't realize all this stuff. Well, what happened? What's interesting about this is, back in the 1850s, when Marx and Lenin wrote, you know, the Communist Manifesto, you know, Abraham Lincoln and and Karl Marx were buddies. I mean, they were like best friends. They they corresponded together with each other. I mean, they were like, you know, Lincoln was a communist. Remember, I told you in the past, and I'll say it again in case. Somebody doesn't want to think that I said this, but I'm going to say it again. If I became president of the United States of America, my first thing would sign an executive order, and I would have the entire Lincoln Memorial destroyed. I'd have it would be bulldozed to the ground. I can't believe you said that, Ted. No, I would. Lincoln was a hardcore Marxist, probably a Kabbalist. Definitely was not a Christian. His wife was a Satanist. I mean, these are the weirdos that pushed the Civil War on the United States. In fact, Carrie, a good friend of mine, puts out her own newsletter. She wrote me a letter the other day. She talked about Lincoln, about how he loved torture and death, and for his own entertainment, he'd hang a few dozen people, mostly Christians, since he hated them so. No one has any idea today what a brutal monster Lincoln really was. And the cabal does not want anybody to know the real Lincoln. Remember, he's probably Luciferian. He's probably a full-blown cabalist. They made into a saint. They made Lincoln into a saint to be worshipped by all students in all schools. They were made to totally believe that he was the best president ever. It was indoctrinated into every mind that ever went to any of the U.S. controlled school systems, which is all of them. From 1865 to today, the only history allowed is the Lincoln Reconstruction, which is all fables and lies. It was so burned into the minds that even some truth books have leaked in some of Lincoln's Reconstruction history. 
but he is never the president of the Confederate States of America, nor did he have any authority or jurisdiction to blow the Mason-Dixon line. But he never followed the law or the U.S. Constitution. He just did what he wanted to do and made his own laws as he went along. He invaded the South Nation to determine to force both nations to be seen as one, and he sent his brown shirts to all of the polling places with guns to the heads of the citizens there below the Mason-Dixon line. Confederates were courageous back then in the day, and in spite of the gun to the head, not one voted for Lincoln. <laughs> when the tallies were in, furious Lincoln would not allow the truth to be printed. He controlled all printed material and newspapers, like King George and the media of his day. Lincoln was the first communist in office. He said, don't get me going on the beast Lincoln, or I'll have a book here for you to read. Most of it's so unbelievable that the cabal counted on the fact to make people forget it in all time after a generation or so. But this day... The cabal watches all books, magazines, etc., and what is written in them. You know, and so I, I wanted to read you this today, and I told Carrie that I was going to read part of this. But Lincoln was absolutely awful. I mean, he literally tore up the U.S. Constitution, stomped it under feet, and then he burned it you know, in front of his aides. He only followed his love communist manifesto, as, and D.C. has done ever since. But guys, this was Abraham Lincoln. He was absolutely horrible. And the sad part about it is, is we don't even realize that you know he had a mass hanging. He had a, Lincoln actually did a mass hanging of Indians just to prove a point, just to kill the Indians. This guy was not a. This guy was a hardcore racist. It was unbelievable. You know, Abraham ordered the largest mass hanging in the U.S. history. I mean, why in the world would people do stuff like this? Well, because he he was a power freak. He was best friends with Karl Marx. And we've got to understand the cabal and how it pushed at that point to the, how should I say, Russian Revolution to bring communism into Russia. This is the same international bankers that supported Lincoln, the same ones that pushed Karl Marx, the same international cabalist Luciferians that pushed for the rebuilding of the Third Temple. It's the same group. And then, and then I had a, a one, of, one of our brilliant listeners basically contacted me. His name's Mario D., and he goes, I'm a regular listener to your show, and a, as a listener, an alternative media, and a follower of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I've used the discernment given to me by the Holy Spirit to help me with my research regarding with who, who the people are behind the global depopulation agenda. And he says, you are correct. It is the Kabbalist Luciferians who are trying to reestablish ancient Canaanite religions who essentially worship Baal, Moloch, and other Luciferian deities. There is nothing new about their new world order. They're trying to expedite the coming of the Antichrist and the times which are akin to the days of Noah in which all thoughts will be evil all the time. And I, and I wanted to just share this little letter this guy sent me, brilliant man, by the way, because, you know, this is basically what we've been telling you. And here's, what I, here's why I wanted to read this letter, besides being articulate, is that when Mario said this, it's because he's done extensive research into what's going on globally. And, and that's the biggest problem that I have with the vast majority of the researchers. They step away from this. They don't talk about what's really happening and who Karl Marx was and who, who Lincoln was. And Karl Marx was a Kabbalist. He worshipped a snake in a tree, the Einstein thing. You know, Lenin was, you know, was Jewish. Now, whether he was a Kabbalist or not, I don't know. And, and, you know, and the sad part about it is if you look at Klaus Schwab, and here's a photograph of him. I, mean, I posted it online from Armstrong Economics, and there's a picture of Vladimir Lenin behind Karl Marx on the bookshelf. Remember, you know, <laughs> this 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 crazy Schwab guy is a complete and total utter Kabbalist. And, and we need to understand something with the Russian history. Following the 1917 October Revolution, the Bolsheviks, communists relied upon the dogmas of Marx and Engels. By the way, Engels retracted and said he wanted no part of this before he died to create a new world of equality, basically under the Kabbalah, underneath Lucifer. 
they too preached that they would change all the existing ways and customs far beyond politics. Churches were seized and religion was abolished. Sixty million Christians were murdered. Everything that was the foundation of humanity that we call conservatism today was attacked by the communists in Russia. This today is unfolding in the woke arms, woke mobs of the West. The communist goal was to destroy the very fabric that binds society together to ensure the people would remain individuals and who are afraid to band together to overthrow the government. They indeed destroyed the age-old moral values of people. You no longer smiled and said hello when passing a stranger. Religion had been abolished, for you were to only trust in the government. God was rendered nothing more than a superhero in a comic book. They basically pushed the whole dogma of that God wasn't real, that God was dead. The same thing Nietzsche did. They drove a wedge between friends and all social relations between people, just like they're doing in Canada, just like they're doing in the United States, just like they're doing in Germany, all over the world right now. We're seeing a communist revolution globally right now, and we're seeing it in slow-mo, and we can at least point it out, including the complete rejection of the family values. Children were taught the state was the real parent, as if and their biological parents ever spoke against the state, they were to turn them in. Same thing happened in Germany. They turned parents against their own children, looking at them as a government informant. All of this was claimed by Lenin to be progress for the advancement of society in the state. And then we come along with this feminist, Alexandra Kolotai. Kolotai. She was born in 1872 and good riddance. She's dead in 1952. And she was a hardcore leftist liberal, probably bisexual communist weirdo who had so many sexual partners they couldn't even keep track of it. Sicko. The woman was a complete skank. And she was a hardcore liberal. Lenin indoctrinated his leading feminist lieutenant, Alexandra Kolontia. I'm going to call her Alexandra. Here's, here's how you spell her last name, K-O-L-L-O-N-T-A-I. I've posted her Wikipedia page on Health Masters. She became the first female commissar of the Soviet government. They took what was the suffrage, the women who were fighting to vote in the United States, as equal rights and included that as part of the Communist Manifesto. They equated – listen to this. This is so important you get this, guys. They equated marriage to slavery to divide even husband and wife, not just children against the parents. Lenin, Schwab's hero, you know this, 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 this head of the International Monetary Fund, is, is Schwab's hero, wages an all-out war in old and outdated institutions like marriage and family – Elevating the state as the dominant role instead of marriage, there would be more disposable unions of infection and comradeship. In other words, open love, just excuse my vernacular, screw everybody you want to screw and be done with it and have no emotional attachments whatsoever like a bunch of animals. That's what they wanted. Leonard launched the liberation of the family and made divorce a natural step. Abortion on demand was brought in during 1920, if you can believe this. This Alexander actually wrote. The family is ceasing to be necessary either to its members or to the nation. This is all Kabbalah stuff. Capitalists, she said, were well aware that the old type of family where the woman is a slave, where the woman is a slave and where the husband is responsible for the well-being of his wife and children is the best weapon in the struggle to stifle the desire of the working class for freedom and to weaken the revolutionary spirit of the working man and working women. The Bolsheviks insisted that women would have the right to vote, but that was meaningless when they eliminated all opposition and imposed the one-party rule. The liberation and equality of women's rights to equal wages became a joke for capitalism. It's based upon the freedom to pick your profession, whereas under communism, individualism is ignored, and women were quickly ghettoized, and the state chose the professions, and their wages went down with the freedom to decide their own futures. 
This is exactly what they're doing to the West. They pay, take people like the Cortez AOC, who's a complete and total skank. They have her out there just broadcasting communist ideals. The woman's unbelievably stupid. She actually applied for the job as congressman and basically was picked out of a whole bunch of different applicants because she's got a big mouth and she wants to run around with ask her any kind of in-depth questions of what's really going on. She can't answer them. Once she comes off script, once she comes off teleprompter, she can't answer them. Same thing with Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton now is being involved with what's going on with Donald Trump. All of these people are actors on a stage to not make us think about what's going on with Lenin and Stalin and Klaus Schwab and the destruction of the nuclear family, which was pushed from Russia into Frankfurt, Germany, to Goethe University, left there in 33 and came to our major universities, Columbia University, to start the Frankfurt School here and to allow the Cloward Piven to take over, bringing us Playboy magazine, bringing us all of these different things, which destroyed the nuclear family here in the United States. It's the same, it's the same thing. It was so effective in Russia the only problem they had with Russia is they couldn't get past the Christianity. They had to kill 60 million Christians in order to try to push communism through Russia. And what ended up happening is that's why they moved it into China, because they didn't have Jesus in China. And then they were much easier to control as a people. And now they realize that the destruction of the nuclear family has to be absolute. Of Christianity has to be absolute in order to push their agenda. This is why the name it, claim it, blab it people have gotten all this media time. This is why the Christian media has come up with Zionism now, which is a political movement to push the rebuilding of the Third Temple in Israel, which is all pushed to the same group, pushing the Kabbalah to force Lucifer back into this world as far as a, how should I say, be reincarnated into the Antichrist. All of this stuff is the same group that's doing this. The problem is people don't want to see it. And I'm so thankful that we have so many good listeners who know and understand what's going on. We've at least planted a seed of what's happening globally here as far as all over the world, the people who listen to the show on an ongoing basis. But this is the Klaus Schwab is hardcore Kabbalist, Luciferian, satanic, weirdo communist who loves Vladimir Lenin, who has a, who has a bust of him on, his, on, the, on, on, the, on the counter on, in his office. I mean, this is insanity if we actually think and th- stop and think about this. And, of course, you know, Klaus Schwab is also Jewish. You think, well, what does that have to do with – okay. That goes back to the synagogue of Satan. They claim to be Jews, but they are not. They are of the synagogue of Satan, just like Lenin was, just like Marx was, just like all the rest of these guys are, just like Lincoln was, like his wife was. This is the same group that has run this planet now for thousands of years to the ancient Canaanite religions. And now they're rearing their ugly head again to bring us cultural Marxism and a new world order where you will own nothing and you will be happy. What do you think the whole is? These are all tenets of the Communist Party, guys. That's all these guys are, are hardcore socialist, communist, low-life, weirdo Mark, Marx and Lenin wannabes who want to basically bring back their Antichrist. Remember, this tied right together at the highest levels of the Masonic lodges, all together, tied together. You can read the book you know, with, with you know, morals and dogma. You can read that. It talks about all of this stuff. And remember, when you look at morals and dogma and you realize – that the author of Morals and Dogma was basically going to be hung after the Civil War, and was, he was pardoned, as Albert Pike, he was pardoned by Johnson, who was lower level than him in the Masonic Lodges, and they, he is the only Confederate war general that has a statue of himself in Washington, D.C., Albert Pike, hardcore communist, you know, just absolutely Satanist, who wanted to bring the seething energies of Lucifer back into the world, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. And, and these, this is the group that runs the planet. And once you get it and you see it and you get the spiritual aspect tied in, you understand why I always say to you, 
the only hope we have is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ defeated these guys on the cross. This is the problem they're running into now because the courts basically are saying, no, 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 you know, you're not going to do this. But look at the court up in New York. You know, we have a we have a Jewish judge appointed by Bill Clinton up there. Sarah Palin was basically defamed by the New York Times. And now the judge, while the jury is deciding the case, he said he's going to throw it out. Unbelievable. Unbelievable that this is happening in New York because they hate Sarah Palin because she claims to be a Christian. They hate her. And none of, and once you understand that this new world order has been so invasive in the United States because of the appointments of the federal court judges and the circuit court judges and all these different people who will go in by election and they're pushed in via their, <laughs> their, their, their contacts and who they know, then you start to understand how corrupt it is. You know, we had a system that was legislative, judicial, and executive, and it was supposed to balance itself out. But this communist group has come in now and infiltrated all the areas of government through Jeffrey Epstein and through basically campaign contributions and through straight-up election fraud with Dominion election machines. All of this stuff is now coming back to roost on us. And now Canada says, you know, we don't want to be your slave. Got to give the guys credit up there. But now they're saying, you're going to be our slaves or you're going to prison for five years. How's that going to work out for you? So all of this stuff, guys, is the Russian revolution occurring globally right now in slow motion so we can all see it, all orchestrated by the same groups of people who did it the first time, primarily funded through the international banking cartels, who are pretty much all at the highest levels, Kabbalists and Luciferians, and who, as far as I'm concerned, many of these guys are also involved in human sacrifice. It's all part of the religion. Guys, think through what I'm talking about today. Remember, keep your hearts and minds in Christ, for he is the author, he is the finisher, and he is the perfecter of our faith. And we've got to think about him in all ways and all times, all the time. Austin, what do you think, bud? That's extremely well said, and you're spot on with that. I mean, this is the Bolshevik Revolution again. We're watching it happen, and that's why I have worked so hard, especially over the last two years, to try to expand people's ideas of what is happening and not be just single-minded and say, oh, no, this is all being done because they're doing it for our safety and our protection. The COVID narrative was designed to be exactly what it was. It was the beginning phase of the New World Order and the World Economic Forum being put into place. That's why you always remember hearing about 10, 15 years ago, Agenda 21. That was referring to to Agenda 2020, 2021 with the United Nations. They brought that stuff out, I think, in the late 90s, if I, if I recall. Early 2000s, it started to get more exposure. It was the Agenda 2020, Agenda 21. It was designed to be put into place right now as we see it happening. And they had to have a, a cascading event, a precipitating incident, to basically start removing and eroding people's rights in a faster manner. Because what happened was... A lot of people weren't really buying the whole narrative. They came up with the lies and the BS, and they pushed some of their narratives, but the majority of the people were like, no. So what they had to do is they had to stoke irrational fear. Now, fear is a normal psychological response to something that's occurring to you that you should maybe be fearful of. And not you're paralyzed in fear, but say you're walking over to the edge of a building, and you're 100 feet up, and there's no railing. Well, Fear of falling is going to say, you know what, I probably shouldn't just start hanging over the edge of this. I don't have a cable. I don't have a parachute. I don't have a trampoline at the bottom. This trampoline is not going to help you much. There's no water at the bottom. If I step off this 100-foot building, I'm going to splat when I hit. Okay, I'm going to back up. That's rational fear. 
that's basically using reason to say, I don't think I need to get any closer to that. Irrational fear is the complete opposite. It's the total psychological paralyzation of your mind and body because something or someone is trying to tell you to be scared overtly more than you should of something. This is occurring of saying, hey, guess what, guys? You have to wear at least three masks when you walk outside because there's an upper respiratory virus that's floating around that has a 99.97% survival rate. And when you walk around outside in the snow, on the sidewalk, by yourself, you need to wear three masks because it's for your safety. That's irrational fear if you actually believe it and do it. It's irrational. There's, there's no rational thought based in that behavior. There's no significant threat that you're being exposed to. There's no extreme danger that is coming your way. You're simply following something because somebody has made you fearful. And I refer back, there's a very, very, very specific scene in the first Hunger Games. and it, I mean, it's probably one of the best quotes of that whole series. And he talks about fear is one of the most effective ways to control a populace. And then he said, the only other thing that is also effective, more effective than fear, is a tiny bit of hope. He said, a lot of hope, and people actually start doing it. He said, but a tiny bit of hope, like essentially a carrot on a stick to get you out of the fear, is also incredibly effective. And that's what we've seen now. They give you this irrational fear, and then they give you this little, 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 little pebble of hope. Oh, guess what, guys? If you keep wearing your mask and if you keep getting your shots, maybe by the summer this will all be over with. How many times did we hear that? By the fall, it will be over with. Oh, if you get the shot, you can stop wearing your mask. And I laughed when I heard that. I laughed hysterically when they come out, came out with that in 2021. And I told everybody, I said, they're not going to stop. I said, they're going to do exactly what they plan on doing. They give everybody a little bit of hope. Oh, my gosh, I'll get the shot not to wear the stinking mask. And, everybody, and a lot of people did. Two, three, four weeks later, whatever it was. Oh, sorry. The CDC's decided you need to wear your mask, even though you're double jabbed with a shot that allegedly is supposed to work, but obviously it doesn't because it's not designed to work. It's designed to be gene therapy to pump graphene oxide into you and essentially make your body a pathogen manufacturing site. No, oh, yeah, so you need to wear a mask again all the time. Well, again, now you have irrational fear and irrational compliance. There's no legitimate reason to be wearing a mask everywhere you go. I've told you this before. If you're very sick and you absolutely have to go out of your house and you're sick and you have to go somewhere for a very specific person or an emergency and you're coughing and hacking and coughing up phlegm, by all means, if you put on an N95 mask, you're going to stop a lot of the particulate matter and phlegm and saliva from flowing out of your mouth every time you violently cough. There's no question about it. A mask will do that. However, if you're perfectly healthy, why are you wearing a little thin paper mask you can see light through over your face to walk into a hospital or to walk into a store? My, my favorite one is, do you need to wear this mask to sit down and be seated in the restaurant? That, that was my favorite irrational fear that they stoked in everybody. I'm standing here at the counter. You basically, you know are here telling me I have to put on a mask to walk 10 feet to my table that's right there that I could probably hit with a spitball. Uh, yeah, you have to wear your mask in order to be seated. 
So I have to wear my mask to sit down. When I, when I sit down, do I have to wear a mask? Oh, no, no, no. You don't have to wear a mask the entire time you're seated. Eat, drink, laugh, cough, be merry, do whatever you want. Don't have to wear a mask. But when you get back up and walk back to the front door, you have to wear your mask in order to put it on. That was the level of stupidity that people actually complied with. And if a large percentage of the population said, no, we're not going to do that, majority of the restaurants would say, okay, we're not, we're not going to go along with this. I still remember down here in Florida. It was like a year and a half ago. When a lot of stuff was still going on, there was a really nice restaurant over in Lakeland. It's like a small place called Scarpa's. And we went and got we got reservations. Land and I wanted to go eat dinner. We hadn't been out to dinner for a while. I think it was like the, towards the end of 2020. And we showed up. And, of course, the hostess has a mask on. And she goes, I need you to wear a mask to sit down. And I said, my table's right there. I said, I can literally throw my phone and hit the table. Well, it's, it's our requirement. You have to put on a mask. Would you like a mask? I said, I'm going to repeat myself one more time. I'm not wearing a mask, period, for any reason whatsoever. If you do not want my business, then we are just going to go somewhere else. And she looks at me and she goes, okay, you don't have to put a mask on. And I said, it's that simple. What is wrong with you? And I sat down and ate, and that was actually one of the last times we went there because the place started getting very overpriced. And I told Lana when we did it, I was, I was kind of shook my head. I said, the level of stupidity is just mind-boggling to me. The fact that people are this terrified and or this compliant. But this is exactly what Dad's talked about now with the Bolshevik Revolution and what they're trying to instill and the lies they're trying to promote. This is why we've seen now these individuals dying repeatedly in the hospital being given remdesivir. We had another customer. She called up Steve yesterday. Great customer. Her a brother basically got covid and her basically, uh, you know, uh, sister-in-law that's married to her brother took him to the hospital. He tested positive. He tested positive from COVID. Okay, she took him to the hospital. Had mild symptoms at best. Walked in. I mean, just walked into the hospital, just fine. I didn't need air. Didn't need, you know basically oxygen. Didn't need a wheelchair. Put him in. Immediately started. She said she knew they put him on at least two two rounds of remdesivir. He, his kidneys started basically function failing. His lungs started to get fluid in him. They put him on a ventilator. He was died three days. He died three days later. And she kept trying to get access to him. She kept trying to see him. They would not let him see him. They would not let her in. And he's dead now. And my condolences go to the family. And the sad part about this is Stephen and I talked about it. I said I, I honestly am so numb to these stories now. Now I don't mean that from a sarcastic standpoint. I've literally probably heard this exact story over a hundred times from crying families and moms and dads and brothers and sisters and wives and husbands. And I've heard it in person. I've heard it on the phone. I've heard it in emails. And it's almost the same story every time. And it's not fake. It's not made up. It's a very, very real true story. And it's happening all over the country. I personally know people this has happened to. I've talked about it in detail. Well, what's interesting about this is now, if you guys recall, back down here in Florida, in the beginning of 2021, there was a Florida statute titled 768.381, and it was referring to the COVID-related claims against healthcare providers. And it went into detail discussing COVID claims against people that basically failure of diagnose or treat of a person of COVID-19. And it talked about the ability to be able to file suit against somebody in the healthcare community over a COVID-19 death, okay, or serious injury, but most of them are deaths. Well, if you guys recall, the entire aspect of COVID-19 in the hospital is pretty much standard care now from the CDC and the NIH is you start them on antibiotics, you start them on remdesivir. Once they die, you essentially, 
That's sorry. Put them on put them on a vent once they start filling up with fluid because their kidneys stop and they're dead. That's that's standard of care now. I talked to the doctor out in Missouri. He said that's what they're required to do pretty much. They're told that is the main thing to do. What's interesting about this is now a bill, HB 7021, I just had a customer actually call me, call Steve, and notify this. I didn't even know about this bill. It's, it's hit the house at the end of January. It basically is laid on the table right now as of February 9, 2022. And the title of the bill is General Bill by Health and Human Services, COVID-19 Related Claims Against Healthcare Providers, Extends Duration of Liability Protections from COVID-19 Related Claims Against Healthcare Providers. And so what happened is now this, this bill, the original statute, had an expiration date on it because of COVID and COVID not being an emergency stated anymore in Florida. Well, this bill, I looked at it, HB 7021, it's only one page, and it's a it's basically an extension of the original one. And it goes on to say application period. This section applies to claims that have accrued before the effective date of this act extended before June 1st, 2023. They're extending it almost a year and a half now that essentially what what this is saying in the original statute is that if you're admitted to the hospital, if the doctors and nurses follow the standard protocol of care that the NIH and the CDC has recommended, which is remdesivir antibiotics, once your lungs fill with fluid, then you go on a ventilator. Once you basically are dead on a ventilator and brain dead, they pull the plug and you die. That's pretty much the standard of care that they continue to promote in the hospitals, and this is happening to thousands of people all across the country every single day. What we've seen now with this in Florida is they're trying to extend it so that doctors and nurses cannot be held liable or sued if they treat the patient with remdesivir, and now they're extending it to June 2023 intentionally to keep the narrative going. And remember, with the CARES Act that occurred, I talked about this in detail, these hospitals – are getting, from start to finish, depending what treatment protocol they go through, are getting anywhere from 30000 In some cases, attorneys have said up to $100,000 per COVID death in hospitals, depending on what treatment they give them. These hospitals have been given a financial incentive to make sure people die, and they state it as COVID-related. And I found out later on, I just talked to a friend of mine that basically his wife's dad – his, his wife, her dad, basically died, and he was very, very sick, had multiple comorbidities, caught COVID. They did the protocol. I don't, I don't have access to whether or not they put him on remdesivir, but sadly enough, my condolences go to the family. He died. What I found out as well is the mom basically didn't have the life insurance policy that was going to do much of anything, and apparently FEMA, he said, FEMA will pay out the $10,000 if it was COVID-related. If basically, I think if the individual basically is in the VA or some aspect of it, they'll pay out $10,000 to cover the death and burial. So they said they let it go down as basically listed as a COVID death. So not only are they paying out individuals to the hospital if they come down with it and die, as far as to the hospital admin, they're now paying individuals, I don't know how long they've been doing this, up to $10,000 for COVID death if the individual can basically prove uh, essentially something with the VA through FEMA and other sources. So again, this is what they are doing to keep the narrative going. There is no pandemic. There really never was a pandemic. There was a very, very heavily modified weaponized flu that they built in the Wuhan and released in the United States to see what it would do. And then basically it spread across the world as another flu. 
Now we're starting to see more research come out about the 5G network and what it does and the, you know, the radio, radioactive frequency, the radiations and the frequency of the, what it does to the body and how a lot of the symptoms you see from radiation poisoning and EMFs are the same symptoms that people have from COVID. And I was reading an article the other day that was talking about it, how well, what we've seen now is that the 5G is so toxic to the body that it lowers your immune system. That's very clearly. Radiation does that. It massively drops the immune system. And so there's something very sinister that's tying into the 5G and to the COVID and to the virus and the injection and, 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 and. There's a reason why they've spent over $2 trillion globally to get the 5G network up and running. And again, it wasn't so you could Hulu videos on your phone a little bit faster and stream stuff. That was the last reason they absolutely cared about putting 5G up. Nobody puts that much money out to build a platform so you can stream videos a couple seconds faster. Always understand that. So again, Keep the truth out there. Keep telling everybody what's going on. As hard as it is, I know as hard as it is, be vocal, talk to people, and continue to hold your convictions on what you believe. And again, I've told people, do your own research. If you believe this, then believe it. If you don't want to believe it, don't believe it. It's completely up to you. Everybody has a right to make their own choice. Everybody has a right to their own medical decisions of their body. That's the problem that we've seen now with the left. They went, you have a right, you have a right, my body, my choice, the whole spiel that we've heard now for decades. But then when it comes down to, well, my body, my choice, I don't want RNA gene therapy experimental injections pumped into me. Oh, well, you're a grandma killer. You can't do that. Like, dude, I don't want to have RNA injections stuck into me. Oh, well, you're just being selfish. You're just running around. You're just, you're just a bad person. You won't wear a mask. I just don't feel like reducing my oxygen consumption. I like to breathe air. Again, this is the brainwashing of the Covidian cult has been pushed on the public to stoke irrational fear. People that are in a rational state of mind do idiotic things because they're irrational. Don't be irrational. Use wisdom, use sound judgment, and use discernment to figure out what's actually happening and do your own research to make an educated decision on whatever you decide to do with yourself and your family. I encourage everybody to do that. What do you think, Deb? Brilliant segment, Austin. Brilliant. Uh, you know, it's funny. You said fear and a little bit of hope with the Hunger Games. And uh, I thought that was interesting when you said that, because remember when the USS Liberty was basically almost sunk back in 1967 by, his, by the Israeli jets, because they had basically intercepted as far as what I've done the research on. And they had seen that the Israelis had basically did a mass murder of a bunch of folks they haven't moved the war with. And they decided to go ahead and get rid of the, the liberty and try to force the United States into this war by destroying the ship. And they repeatedly strafed the USS Liberty flying, you know, stars and stripes. And then basically said, Oh, we didn't know it was the, you know, American ship, big, huge American flag swinging off the back of the boat. And, you know, they're trying to call the jets, telling them to stop. You know, unbelievable. Unbelievable what happened with that, with that situation. But here's a little bit of hope we have, right? Here we go. Get ready. Uh, 1850 or so by a guy by the name of, you know, Darby started talking about the rapture and what's going to happen with the rapture and how, you know, we're all going to be, you know, pulled up in the first load and that nobody's going to go through the tribulation here on the planet who are Christians. Okay. Never had been talked about at all whatsoever for 1850 years since the ascension of Jesus. No one talked about it because it wasn't considered legitimate doctrine. Well, that was basically brought to the forefront by a guy by the name of Schofield, who was a complete and total criminal. He was promoted by another hardcore Zionist, you know, Samuel Untermeyer, who basically pushed him through the Oxford Press into the people up in New York. 
and basically published the Schofield Reference Bible, promoting Zionism and the unequivocal support of Israel. And if you supported Israel, you would be raptured. Oh, here we go. I can't believe I'm doing this. And so we've basically been given this, quote, false hope of this rapture, which may be pre or mid or post-tribulation. We don't know, according to different interpretations of the Bible, or not going to happen at all. And, and what the crazy part about it is, it's like, but you've got to support Israel. Because if you don't support Israel, you're going to be cursed. And you're like, wait a minute, aren't they the number one homosexual destination of the world? Uh, yeah. Don't they have gay parades like half a million people show up? Uh, yeah. Uh, didn't they like strafe and try to sink the USS Liberty? Uh, yeah. Weren't they involved probably with the CIA and Mossad and the assassination of John F. Kennedy because he didn't want them to have nuclear weapons? Yeah, probably. Uh, weren't they also involved with the dancing Israelis after 9-11 when the trade towers came down? And a lot of people say Mossad was directly involved in 9-11. Uh, yeah, probably. Isn't Israel like the fiefdom of the Rothschild Empire who basically developed it through the Balfour Declaration by pushing World War One and World War Two so they could rebuild a third temple? Yeah, that's those two guys too. Okay, so wait a minute. So we've got to have false hope, though. Oh, by the way, if you support Israel, no matter what they do, if they just destroy the planet, then at that point we have to go ahead and basically, uh, you know, just forget about what they did and remember that they're they're good people. Okay, don't they have every type of brothel available as far as you know sex clubs in Israel? Uh, well, yeah, they do that too. Aren't they like a hardcore communist nation? Yeah. Doesn't their Talmud say that Jesus Christ is a demon-possessed sorcerer who died in Nevada sewage and the Virgin Mary is a whore? Oh, yeah, that says that too. Okay, wait a minute. So we have to, no matter what they do, no matter what they say against Christianity, we're supposed to support them and give them money? That's right. It doesn't matter they tried to sink for liberty. No, it doesn't, it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> guys, this, I'm, just giving you, I'm just giving you some facts here. Now, you guys can do your own research. And it's like Chuck Baldwin says, has the United States since the formation of Israel been blessed? Are we a better country now in the last 70, 80 years? Uh, no. Has the dissolution of the marital relationships and family and the nuclear family almost been completely and totally destroyed here in the United States? Have we been injected with all kinds of chemicals and drugs and vaccines was controlled through the international banking cartel, through State Street, BlackRock, and Vanguard? Oh, yeah, that too. Wait, I could just go on and on. Okay, It's the international Luciferian Kabbalists. It's not the Jews. It's the synagogue of Satan that's doing this. They're just as big of victims as we are. But we got to realize that Israel's their fiefdom. It's not extradition country. And they're using it to manipulate Christianity and all over the world as far as if you don't do what they tell you to do, the ADL jumps all over you and basically starts trying to destroy you. I've seen it over and over, and guys, so have you. And we've reported it on the show here. And now we've got Klaus Schwab <laughs> with the World Economic Forum, young global leaders, Massive network of royals, politicians, and big tech billionaires and other quote-unquote weirdos that are basically trying to take over the entire planet to communism. Quote, Klaus Schwab, I have to say that I mentioned names like Merkel and Putin and also, you know, all have all been young economic global leaders of the world political world economic forum. And now we're really proud of Minister Trudeau, you know, Castro's son, president of Argentina, so on, is that we penetrate the cabinets of these countries. It is true that Argentina is true in France, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, he's saying this at a meeting. He's being quoted on video. I'm, I've got it posted. It's a coup d'etat of this group of international bankers run through the Rothschild banking cartel 
that's doing this. Angela Merkel, Tony Blair, Nicholas Sarkovsky, Billy Boy, Bono, Richard Branson from Virgin, and on and on and on and on this list goes. And this, I mean, we got princesses and crown princesses. I, I can't, the list is too long that are all part of this that are doing this. It reminds me of that movie a few years ago that basically of the Kingsman, the very first one, in which they took the world leaders and they put this implant in and them, forced them to obey everything or they'd blow their heads off. And they basically had them all blackmailed with explosives in their head, et cetera, et cetera. And they basically were going to take over the planet and destroy the bulk of the population to start their new world order. You just want you watch that. And they turned a special cell phone on that started a frequency by started killing each other, kind of like 5G towers if they use the right frequency. These are weapon systems, guys. They're weapon-based system platforms. They're going to basically simulate COVID and simulate the symptoms of a you know, suppressed immune system so that people can say, it's COVID, it's COVID, it's COVID. Reality, maybe 5G, 5G, 5G combined with COVID. Who knows? Don't let them pull the wool over your eyes. Don't let them put a veil over your eyes so you cannot see and know the truth. Everything I've said, verify it today. Look it up and tell me if I'm right. Tell me if I'm wrong. Send me an email. If you don't agree with me and you give me statistical facts to show me, I'll read it on the air. I will. You know I will. I love you guys. Keep your hearts and minds in Jesus for he's the answer for everything. He's the only answer we've got. He's the only hope we have. We have no hope in man. There is no political solution to a spiritual rot. It can only come through Christ and do a massive, massive, massive revival in the United States. I love you guys. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely. It's interesting. I had a customer email us on the uh, contact form on the website at healthmasters.com, and I saw it the other day, and I thought it was interesting, and he said, my criteria for anyone running for office in the U.S. is for them to support the removal of all vaccine immunity of you know vaccine manufacturers. What do you say? And I say 100% of that. I think if somebody's actually even going to remotely be legitimate in office, they need to address that topic, the 1986 Vaccine Protection Act, which pretty much once it goes on a schedule or once it goes with approval from the CDC – the manufacturer is exempt from any and all liability that it can occur from that shot. And you have to basically go to the vaccine court, which is a federal government court, and try your case with an attorney out of pocket to try to prove that you or your family were damaged from a shot, and they may or may not decide to throw you a little bit of taxpayer money. That's what, it's, what, what it is. The vaccine manufacturer is completely exempt. And I said this before. I said, imagine if they did that the same way with automotive. Say, you know, Ford Motor Company, just picking them out. They come out with a vehicle and say, it's totally safe. And we mandate that children have to get, you know, that have to ride in the car. They have to ride in Fords to go to school. And the Fords basically are known to, you know, blow the transmission, lock up the rear axle, and the truck will slide sideways and flip. In some cases, not all. In some cases, though, it does that. And uh, But when it does that, you can't sue Ford Motor Company. You got to go to the government and ask permission to go to court and sue the government, and then the government may give you some taxpayer money that was funded in. But Ford's completely exempt from their, you know, any type of ramifications. It's one hundred percent facts. It's absolutely nuts as far as if you compare the two like that. Any politician that is worth a grain of salt will address this if they're legitimate and they're real. I think that's a very valid point. So thank you again, my friends, for getting the truth out there. Thank you for continuing to push the truth 
and fight against the propaganda and information where we're seeing right now. We're rolling into the end of an era, so to speak. Whether or not we want to or not, we're cha- we're changing. Everything's starting to change right now. And it depends how much we want to allow it to change and how much we're going to comply with changes that are not constitutional and not beneficial for the American populace. So continue, my friends, to get the truth out there. If you need anything, be sure to check out the website, healthmasters.com. Continue to stay prepped if you need anything. We have the food buckets, the organic food buckets. We have the four-pack special, the two-pack special on them, the meat buckets, along with the HGH Stimulate on sale right now for 20% off. Be sure to check it out. The Testo Plus on sale the last day for Product of the Week. And vote for what you want to see win tomorrow as Product of the Week. Thank you again. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, my friends. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs>